Daniel Wettstein from the Answers 42 Media Network here, and I'm here to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Zimbabwe. The broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South. Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. I think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big. Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. New Extra Charge Hot Nice Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile. We're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. The truth is still out there. Is the answer really 42? The optimum angle for white light to refract through water and thus form a rainbow is between 40.89 and 42 degrees. The number 42 was the first number to be retired from any professional sport. It was worn by Jackie Robinson, the man that broke the color barrier. There are two physical constants in the universe that are the speed of light and the diameter of a proton. It takes light 10 to the minus 40 second power seconds to cross the diameter of a proton. Because Google says so. And welcome to the Breaking Broncos podcast. I am your host, Daniel Westside, and the Answer is 42 Network. Here today, we are going to be talking about Broncos almost upsetting the Chiefs, their next game coming up against the Carolina Panthers, and the crazy COVID situation that has gotten to permeate the entire league. Shelby Harris even jumps in on the whole COVID crisis, telling us all about ourselves. So let's just go ahead and jump in and jump off with the almost upset of the Chiefs. I know a lot of people are probably going to jump on me saying, oh, you're a homer and you're just trying to look at the silver lining. No, honestly, no matter who you are or what lens you're looking through, if you did not come out of this game with more positives than negatives, then we did not watch the same game. This was a major step forward. This is a game that actually shows that the gap is closing The Chiefs no longer just fully dominate this division. They have a team that can make them sweat. And we'll go ahead and break down why. The Broncos played a very clean game, actually. Outside of the two interceptions that everybody wants to kind of harp on as usual and seems to be the broken record that everybody wants to jump on nowadays with Drew Locke and them. But what I want to focus on is the fact that they only had four penalties for 31 yards. They had no fumbles, no fumbles lost, they won the time of possession, and they had no special teams coverage lapses. That is one of the biggest things I took away 
from the game yesterday is that the special teams actually played very well. Tyree Cleveland showed some juice in the kick return game. I love the fact that they finally put Hamler back there as he showed on a couple of plays that the AFC West doesn't have just one cheetah anymore. KJ Hamler is a legit contender for that title as we move forward. That kid has unbelievable agility out there. On that one, it was a short pass over into the left flat that he went off and juked about four Kansas City defenders before getting the first down. That that was just insane. I had to actually text my guy Mike Harris right after that play talking about KJ Hamler is just a joystick. It's not, not a human joystick. It's just a joystick. The kid is absolutely inhuman when it comes to having the ball in his hands and the way that he can shake down defenders. It's just downright almost criminal. And I really look forward to seeing how they will feature him going going forward in the in the offense. I really loved the couple of end arounds that they did with him. They really did a lot of things that KC likes to do with Tyreek to KC. And it was actually pretty effective. I believe that KJ Hamler actually averaged somewhere around like seven yards per touch when it comes to receiving and rushing. That's a pretty dang good clip. So if they can find a way to expand that role, I think it'll do major things to help out the explosiveness of this offense without having to actually just push things all the way down the field. So I really look forward to seeing how that works out. And also, I took away the fact that Locke made a lot of the strides that people are saying he needed to make. I know, again, everybody wants to talk about the two interceptions, but he was much more willing to take that check down. Like I just was talking about with KJ Hamler, he dropped it off in the left flat and let him do his thing. And then again, Hamler on a third down, he hit him short of the sticks and then Hamler was able to make a guy miss and took it for the first down. That was great to see. It was great to see Locke being willing to let his playmakers be playmakers. And Since we're talking about playmakers and them doing their thing, a lot of people want to talk about Jerry Judy posting up a tweet shortly after the game and then quickly deleting it, talking about how he at least he got his cardio in. A lot of people took this as a shot at Drew Locke. I really don't think it was. I think it was I think it was done out of frustration because he only has four catches in the last three games. So any receiver is going to get you know, a bit upset and a, a bit emotional if they don't feel like they're being featured, uh, especially if they're a receiver of the Judy ilk, which are those top flight really wanting the ball. We'll, we'll be nice. We'll say wanting the ball type receivers. I don't really want to put him in the diva category because he hasn't really proven that he is. I mean, he does have a, some diva qualities. He does like to dance and things of that nature. But I don't think those things in and of themselves make you a diva. It's more about how you carry yourself on and off the field with your teammates are you a team player so there's there's a lot of nuance that goes into that for me i know a lot of people are really willing to just slap that label on any receiver that shows any type of personality but to me having a personality and being a diva are two totally separate things you can show out and have fun the the ilk of like we'll say a, a Cortland sutton 
Um, even even a Chad Ochocinco. I mean, yeah, he had a lot. Of, a lot of people want to label him as a diva. I think he was more of an entertainer. I really liked Chad Ochocinco. To me, a diva is more like a Terrell Owens. That to me is a diva, Mister. That's my quarterback. That is a diva to me all day. I mean, doing sit ups in the in his driveway with you know media people all around him. That's a diva to me. Uh, just going out and having fun on the football field and making it entertaining. That's all it is to me. It's entertainment. So for all of you prudes that just absolutely hate the fact that anybody does anything other than just hand the football over to the ref. I mean, go fly a kite, pull the stick out your backside, whatever it is you got to do. Loosen up, man. Have some fun. Enjoy life. Stop being so miserable. New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine and pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hey there, Richmond. 2021 is here and we've got a lot to do, so it's time to find the right coffee for you. Let's get it done with new coffee choices at Dunkin'. Try the new Explorer Batch, a globally sourced blend with smoky, dark berry notes that's an adventure in every sip. Or grab a cup of Dunkin' Midnight, a richer, intensely dark roast with hints of chocolate, because bold days start with midnight. And sip into action with new extra-charged coffee that's 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract. So head to Dunkin' or order ahead on the app for the brew that's right for you, and let's get it done. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary limited time offer but i digress we'll move on and get back to the game here uh speaking about Locke and things that i saw that were improvements he was much more willing to stay in the pocket he didn't bail quickly his footwork looked impeccably better you can tell that he spent these last week and a half that he spent in purgatory essentially for making a minor mistake that the NFL and the like blew out to being the giant story that it was two weeks ago, but we won't rehash that. But Locke obviously spent the time well. He worked on some things. His deep ball accuracy was a lot better. It wasn't perfect, but nobody expects, nobody should expect perfection at this point. The kid is still learning. Give him time. Take the good because you're going to get the bad. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take the bad regardless. So why not take the good with it to try and you know put some sugar in this, the medicine and help it go down, as Mary Poppins would say. Just try and make it more enjoyable for yourself. Stop trying to be so insufferable and prove that you're right about something that you, there's no possible way that you can be right at this point, or at least you can't be a hundred percent sure that you're right. Yes, there is a chance that the Locke haters out there will be justified and Locke will never do anything. But when you actually sit down, you remove all bias from the equation and you just watch this kid play and you watch his progression. And yes, there is progression besides the fact that you just want to focus again on the two interceptions. How about we focus on the two touchdowns? How about we focus on the 200 plus yards that he was thrown that he threw for? That was a big step up from pre or the 151 yards, sorry, that he threw for. 
that was, yes, a small amount, but look at how he got to that 151 yards. He took what the defense was giving him for the most part. Outside of that last interception, the first interception was simply just like it was the week before, that he, well, the week that, that he played before, not the week before, but the week before that, that he actually played, where he threw that bad interception against Miami. It was a veteran cornerback that was watching tape. It was the exact same play, guys. The same exact play that Xavier Howard picked off Drew Locke at the beginning of the game was the exact same play that Drew Locke was picked off by another veteran cornerback against the Chiefs. It was the same play call. It was just simply a veteran cornerback doing his job, watching film. He read the play, read the coverage, and jumped the, jumped the route. That was just simply what it was. That's not on Drew Locke. That is on an offensive coordinator not changing up his play calls well enough. That's a defense being able to tell what is going on with the offense before the snap. That's what an offense is supposed to do to a defense. But it's the same way in reverse. As the defense is trying to figure out what the offense is doing. It's just everybody wants to talk about how the quarterback breaks down the defense. They don't ever want to talk about the fact that Every player really has to do it on every play. Yes, the quarterback is magnified because that's just the that's just that's the king of the team because that is the one person that touches the ball besides the center every single play. So what they do is magnified, but that is not the finality of what makes a football team good or bad. That is not what makes a football team win or lose. It is a big part, but again, that is just a part. I don't know why anybody can't understand the fact that a football team is a puzzle. It's not just one big piece. It's a puzzle that you have to take all of the pieces and put them together to have a good team. You can't just have one or two pieces. You got to have the whole freaking puzzle. So until you have that, there's no way for you to know or way for a team to be successful, period. So to sit there and put all of the onus on one person, one position, on any football team is just lazy. And that's, that's the nicest way I can put it. It's just lazy. If you're not going to give any type of nuance, you're not going to talk about what the team is doing around the person, then just don't talk about it, period. That's all I have to say on that. I think I've beat that horse enough. But again, the first pick, just a jumped route. On a, so that's on a predictable offense and just a veteran cornerback doing his job, not Drew Locke. The second pick, that, yes, is on Drew Locke. But it again, was a fourth down, make or break, decide the ball game play in a game that you had to score a touchdown. The Broncos, because of the disputable fourth and three decision to punt the ball instead of going for it, came back to bite them. And they had to score a touchdown because the defense gave up a field goal, which made it a one score game. So. With that being the case, 
Drew Locke, he just went big. And we and that ended up sending the Broncos home with a loss. The kid tried. And he went to one of the guys he, he trusted. And they did not come down with it. So I am not mad at Locke for that play. Yes, I know a lot of people are going to point out that Tim Patrick was open on the crossing route for the first down. But if he gets tackled inbounds, that only delays the Hail Mary by one play and gains him three yards. So Locke was simply going for broke, and he broke. So that's the hand he was dealt. He did the best he could, and he did, it ended up not working out for him. That's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. So you really can't get mad at the kid for it, and that explains to you why I am not concentrating on them. They're not, they weren't bad interceptions. I mean, technically, you could make the second one a bad interception because he threw it into triple coverage. But again, you got to look at the situation. Nuance matters. I don't know how many times I have to say that, but I'll keep saying it until people get it. Nuance matters. Situations matter. You cannot go around and throwing out blanket statements, especially about a game that is so fickle like the game of football. It is, a, it is called a game of inches for a reason. Everything literally comes down two inches. It is just a matter of inches between the Hale Murray being the fail Murray. It is literal inches between whether or not De- DeAndre Hopkins has that ball knocked out of his hands. It is a matter of inches of whether or not Kyler Murray gets sacked on that play. It is a matter of inches of Kyler Murray getting that ball off before he runs out of bounds while running to his left as a right-handed thrower. So every little detail matters, especially in football. There's a lot of, a lot of other sports where you can get away with things being off by a lot more. In football, everything matters. The fact that Brandon McManus missed that 58-yarder by a matter of four feet to the left. The, that's the difference between the Broncos. Uh, and honestly, it's the difference between Locke throwing the ball into triple coverage on that fourth down and him throwing the ball to Tim Patrick. If McManus hits that long field goal earlier in the game, again, I'm not trying to put the onus on McManus. It's not his fault. He did everything he could, and a 58-yarder is one of the a 58-yard field goal is one of the hardest things that any human can try and to actually do and do well. That is a really long field goal, and he only missed it by four feet. So, still props to the man. I none me nor anybody listening to this podcast would have come anywhere close so to sit there and try and put this on him is wrong and that's not what i'm trying to do so i want to be clear about that but again he makes that field goal at the end of the game the broncos are looking for a field goal to tie not a touchdown and so on that fourth down i can pretty much guarantee that Locke looks at tim patrick on that crosser route and hits him because that would have given them a first down they could have clocked it and they still would have had time to get a field goal if he hits Tim Patrick on that crosser and he's tackled in bounds, they're probably going to lose anyway 
because the clock's going to run down to the point where they're either going to have no time or they're going to have just barely enough time to scramble to the line, snap the ball, and throw a Hail Mary and hope that Drew Locke has enough time because more than likely in that situation, the defense is going to come just ears pinned back trying to break him in half before he can get the ball off. So, I mean, it's going to be chaos if he takes that throw to Patrick. So that's, again, why I will not fault the kid for either one of those interceptions. Yes, he has some blame in them, but when you really break it down, and again, look at the nuance, you really can't pin them 100% on the kid. And again, he's a kid, still learning and showing progress. I don't get why people hate this kid so much. He has never done anything that that should really make you hate him. You have Tyreek Hill sitting here being celebrated by all of sports media when he is a known child and woman abuser. It is fact that he beat his wife, his now wife, while they were in college and dating while she was pregnant. And then he's accused of breaking his son's arm that the only reason they didn't prosecute is because the mama wouldn't testify and they couldn't get enough evidence otherwise. Come on, people. That's who we celebrate. But yet there's so much hate and vitriol, not just from the fan base. And this is the craziest thing is it doesn't just come from the fans. I get it from them for the most part. Fans is short for fanatics for a reason. And we all see that reason Every single Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Every single one. And if you watch college, that goes to seven days a week. Especially if you want to throw in high school. It is all the way down to peewee, people. It's just the insanity that we have for football. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. And it's really funny to me that because of this game, and again, all of these things that I've said, all of the, the progressions, the footwork looks great. Looks, well, I can't say it looks great. It looks much better. The mechanics looked good. He didn't, I think there was, off the top of my head, I can think of two plays where he actually threw off his back foot when he didn't have to. That's a major step forward. He's staying in the pocket. He's stepping up in the pocket. He's not bailing out. He's actually going through progressions. Through that whole game yesterday, just go back, and especially if you watch the All-22, you can watch 
him go through his progression. Just watch his head as he actually goes through. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, I actually saw a play where he made it through five progressions because all five receivers were out in a route. Unfortunately, there was no play made, but the fact that he actually went through all of them and decided to get out of the pocket and throw it away as opposed to throwing it into triple coverage is a huge step that I don't hear anybody talking about. This kid went through five reads on one play, saw there was nothing there, and instead of trying to force it, lived to play another down. This was one of the major things that so many across both local and national media were just ripping lock for is the fact that he could not read defenses. He couldn't get through his progressions and he never lived to play another down. And he did all of those things. Yet the only thing people want to talk about are the two interceptions that aren't even really his fault. Like what does the kid got to do? Honestly, at this point, Does he have to go out there and throw for 450 yards, five touchdowns in the first half? That is not realistic, people. That is not going to happen. Yes, we've had it happen a couple of times this year, but it's 2020. If anybody thinks that anything that happens in 2020 is something that they can hold on to, I am so sorry. Y'all are are on your way for a rude awakening. And please have a camera when it happens because the world needs to see this. But... Speaking of that desperation throw on fourth down, going back to something I mentioned, is the fourth and three that happened on the possession prior to that final possession, that is the fourth and three at the Denver 49-yard line, which is as close to midfield as you can get without being at midfield. And Locke had just had a dropped pass, and it was was a dropped pass. A lot of people want to try and give KJ the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, it was a tough tough pass to catch. It hit him in the hands, and it was in the only place that it could be that the cornerback could not break up. It was a perfect pass by Drew Locke. It was exactly where it needed to be, and he dropped it. And Fangio decided, instead of going for it and believing in his offense, he decided to believe in the defense that had been playing extremely well the whole game and at that point had only given up 19 points to the best offense in the league, which is quite impressive and still only ended up giving up 22 points. So, I mean, got to give it to Fangio and that defense. I I understand his his thought process of trusting his defense that had been playing so well up until that point but I mean it's Patrick Mahomes y'all and Fangio actually admitted this he so much in so many words he admitted it here's here's the quote he said and this is Fangio expressing remorse for punting on fourth and three said I gave it strong consideration but at some point in the game we've got to get a stop and we weren't able to there we held them to a field goal but that made it a touchdown game and burned out some of the time there so in retrospect we should have probably gone for it. But I did give it serious thought. So shoulda, woulda, coulda. He admits, yeah, I probably should have went for it. But again, I was trying to, he was trying to trust his defense, which he is a defensive coach. So that really shouldn't shock anybody. And I don't think it was a stupid call. I know that's what a lot of people want to 
want to label it, you know, get get their hot take out there and try and get people's emotions stirred up or whatever. But it wasn't a stupid decision. It was a questionable one. I will give you that. But it was not a stupid decision. This is a defensive coach that prides himself on having a defense that will come up with the big play in the big moment. And it didn't happen. And that's the game that you play. You have to put your trust in whatever it is that you believe is the best decision at that moment. Stick with it and live with the results. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out well for Fangio this time. But overall, you have got to give Fangio credit for having a team that has dealt with so much adversity. So much that would break a weaker team. Would just absolutely snap them. And he has kept this team together. And they have fought for every inch, every yard, every moment, every play of every game. And that is not something to be taken lightly. You have seen so many teams with so much more talent that have fallen apart simply because they did not have the strong leader in place to keep them together. I mean, for a quick example, is the quote-unquote dream team Philadelphia Eagles that everybody remembers, I know that you all do, with Vince Young tweeting out, you know, this is the dream team when they went out and they signed Michael Vick and they had all those big signings in the offseason and then went out and didn't even make the playoffs and completely blew up the roster the next offseason because they had realized their mistake as they had put a bunch of guys in a locker room that didn't fit with a coaching staff that didn't know how to make them fit. That is no longer an issue in Denver. For all of you calling for Fangio's head, you need to stop. You really do. Because the grass is not always greener on the other side. As Broncos fans, you have more than one example of this. I don't get how Broncos country has such a short memory. I mean, I just got to say one name. Josh McDaniels. That's just one. And I can give you a few few more just over the last decade and a half. This doesn't even include the times before Mike Shanahan. This is after Mike Shanahan. So just think about that, guys. Just because there's a hot coaching candidate out there, it's not always best to just blow your locker room up and have to start over from scratch with a whole new coaching staff, which is exactly one of the, well, I would say the biggest issue in Dove Valley is the fact that there has been no consistency on the coaching side. Since 2015. When will will y'all learn? The same thing with the quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks have been through Dove Valley and y'all are just trying to throw Drew Locke in the trash bin because he's had some struggles and then want to go out and get somebody else's also ran like a Matt Ryan or a Matt Stafford? I mean, how did y'all not learn with the Joe Flacco's and Mark Sanchez's? Going out and getting somebody else's also ran that's been thrown out on the scrap heap, 
Yes, the Broncos got lucky with Peyton Manning, but that's a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. Y'all are asking the Broncos to catch lightning in a bottle twice. It's unbelievable they caught it the first time. Enjoy that while you try to enjoy, again, the little things that can make your life a whole lot less miserable if you would just let them. Stop trying to think that this... Piano tuner or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. They were never going to win the division. They were never going to the AFC championship game. I'm just going to be real with y'all. There was never a moment, never a moment that I ever had the delusion that this team was destined to just be some type of tour de force. I did expect them to be much better than they are now, but I also expected them to not have almost the entire starting defense and half the offense on IR or COVID. Who expected 2020 to be 2020? Honestly. But even with the knowledge of the COVID crisis that we were all going to have to deal with this season, I honestly did not expect uh, the team to be this bad. But again, I did not expect them to have so much go wrong. I did not expect to see the NFL ever put the product out on the field that they did in Denver two weeks ago. But here we are in 2020. Expect the unexpected. Or, in the Chiefs' case, expect the expected. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just 